Hello, music teacher friends. Welcome to episode number 90 of the Beyond Measure podcast. I am super excited to have hit episode number 90 because that means episode 100 is in sight. Triple digits, everybody. (laughs) We will be celebrating that one pretty hard along with the two-year anniversary of this podcast, both of which will be happening in October of this year. That's 2022 from those of you finding me in the future. (laughs) So anyway, yes, today, episode number 90, cheers to handling our fall scheduling grievances. (laughs) I am your host and self-proclaimed anytime piano teacher friend, Christina Whitlock. So happy you are hanging out with me today. We all need all the teacher friends we can get, and I hope you count me in as one of yours. You know those people, I mean, we all have them in our lives, but those people who would tell you things like, oh, you are so lucky to have such a fun job. (laughs) Like, it must be so great to play music all day. And you know how you always want to respond by giving them an earful about how much work it is to make your job look so fun? Well, truly, I do love my job. I think you all know that by now. (laughs) And I do count it a great fortune to be able to make up the living I do doing what I do. But... We also all know that we do way more than play music all day. (laughs) And, of course, one of the hardest times in the studio music teacher calendar is upon us, friends. I wasn't originally going to tackle this topic on the podcast this year, but Just like it often does, my Instagram community inspired me this week to change gears on my regularly scheduled content, and today I bring you cheers to handling our fall scheduling grievances. I'll tell you right now that if you think I am going to be unveiling the secret to a painless way to schedule your students without headaches or screaming or any other traumatic events today. (laughs) Well, you'd be wrong. (laughs) I feel like it just comes down to the fact that pretty much any job comes with some aspects that are unpleasant. And this, scheduling, is one of ours. It just is. But here's the thing, it always works out. Seriously, has there been a year yet when you were defeated by your fall schedule? Nope. (laughs) And you're going to come out on top of it this year as well. You've probably heard me say on this podcast before that I feel like there are three things people are more protective over than anything else. So if you remember them, you can say them with me right now. (laughs) But that would be, one, their children, two, their money, and three, their time, right? Children, money, time. (laughs) Well, this time of year, 
most studios are going to battle over that third one, right? Their time. So your families value their time and they count it very important, as they should, by the way, because, hey, so should you. And you need to approach your fall teaching schedule with the understanding that, of course, your studio families are going to hunker down on options that are going to work best for them. And you, my teacher friend, should do the same. All right, so those teachers who do say that they have found the magic answer to stress-free scheduling are probably going to say that they use something like Fonz or an open calendar in My Music Staff or something else similar, and they simply set spots where they are available for lessons, and they let parents just log in and book them for whatever is available. Many of you out there swear by that, and, I mean, I get it. I actually do that in my music staff for my summer scheduling, but for the bulk of the academic year, I personally just want more say in my schedule. (laughs) See, my obsession over control in my studio is hurting me here, (laughs) and maybe it does you, but... In addition to juggling logistics over how to fit a specific number of students into a specific number of lesson spots, I also care who gets what place. For example, you all know I actually love a challenging student. I really do. Dealing with challenging students makes me feel like a better teacher. There's a whole episode on that, by the way. I will link it in the show notes. But do you know what I don't love? (laughs) A challenging student on a Friday. Or a challenging student at 7.30 p.m. any day of the week. (laughs) It's a bad plan. I love a challenging student at 4.30 on a Tuesday. Bring it on. (laughs) But 5.30 on a Friday, it is over. No way, not happening (laughs) for my sanity and for theirs. Likewise, my very first student of the week, 9.15 a.m. on Monday mornings, I love her. (laughs) She is the perfect way to begin a teaching week. Zero dread, all satisfying music making. I mean, that is scheduling perfection. Now, sometimes, of course, it's unavoidable, but I cannot begin to tell you how much of a difference it makes to schedule your most enjoyable students at the very beginning and the very end of your day. If this is not something you've ever considered, I would really encourage you to give it a try this year. It's not always just about when. Sometimes it's also about who. I'll give you an example. So this year, I had promised myself I was not going to teach at all on Fridays. I really wanted an entire day that was open for creative work and, in general, just a day to take it easy in the quiet. Well, it hasn't worked out that way. 
but it's okay because the handful of lessons that I ended up scheduling on Fridays are all really enjoyable students. And, drum roll please, it means I only have one hour of teaching on Thursday evenings this year. (laughs) Friends, I cannot tell you the last time I only taught for one hour on a weekday evening, let alone on a Thursday. It's crazy. And honestly, that serves my family in a much bigger way than taking Fridays entirely off would have. One hour on Thursday evenings. I just can't even. I am so excited. Which actually brings me to my next point about scheduling. Look, it's okay to be flexible with your scheduling goals, to a point anyway. (laughs) I feel like we're all bombarded with advice to be firm and unwavering in our boundaries. (laughs) And hey, that's a message we definitely need to be reminded of, maybe even often. (laughs) But Sometimes there is an even better solution waiting for you on the other side of a concession. (laughs) So if you have been following me in recent months, you already know in a response to a hugely overcommitted year last year, I set several schedule related goals for myself for this coming academic year. I was determined to downsize my student roster a little bit to implement a handful of group classes, and commit to teaching no more than two hours after school every evening. Um, Again, originally taking Fridays off. I also wanted two completely clear mornings a week so that I could work on writing and composition projects. So as as far as my fall schedule is looking right now, for the most part, I have achieved that with just a few exceptions and it really looks great. But that little switch to plopping over a few students to Fridays, that actually resulted in something that is going to end up serving me even better than what I had planned. So set goals and boundaries to protect your time. Absolutely. But hold them with an open mind Because you never know when an alternative is going to present itself that might actually be even better. And furthermore, if you end up making a concession that you didn't originally want to make, just try working in a reward for yourself, like a clearer Thursday evening. (laughs) Maybe you have to teach later on Wednesdays than you want to, but you reward yourself by scheduling to meet up with a friend every Wednesday evening for ice cream. (laughs) Oh man, that's a good idea. (laughs) For those of you who find yourself considering a change to your schedule that you're not entirely sure of, if you've listened to my episode on making exceptions, you'll know that when it comes to changing boundaries, I really recommend looking into the future as much as you can. (laughs) So if you're going to find yourself feeling resentful for accommodating someone's schedule this fall, don't do it. Think about this. If you decide to teach a student at a time you don't really want to, 
Imagine how you are going to feel if that student decides to leave the studio mid-semester this year. Are you going to find yourself thinking, what, she's quitting after I bent over backwards to teach her late on Wednesday evenings? (laughs) If that's the case, don't do it. Feeling as though your students owe you something or like you have done them a huge favor is the fast track to the land of miserable teachers. (laughs) Remember, we're after symbiotic student relationships here. Things that work for them and things that work for you. Good for everyone involved. By the way, it's worth mentioning that if you have a studio family who is made to feel like they are doing you a huge favor, well, that too is a recipe for unhappiness. Keep that one in mind too, will ya? Again, we are all protective of our time, as we should be. It is a precious, precious commodity. Some of us are better at guarding it than others. Here's the thing. We, as a profession, are really good at overcommitting. We are competent in many areas. We have skill sets that people like to put to use. (laughs) And we are just really good at being busy. Because so many of us have like portfolio careers where our income is generated by multiple sources. I just thought I would share some insight with you regarding our obsessions with being busy. And as usual, I will tell on myself to illustrate this point because that's what I do on this podcast. Remember a moment ago when I was so giddy over the fact that I was only scheduled to teach for one hour on Thursday evenings this fall? Well, as this revelation came to light, I happened to be in the midst of a text exchange with my friend Amy Elmore. Amy's Instagram handle is at keys to praise, so lots of you know her. She's awesome. Anyway, we were texting the other day, and I mentioned how tempted I was to go ahead and schedule an additional group class for a second hour on Thursday evenings, since I could technically make the time to do so. And Amy, in her infinite wisdom, (laughs) said, I think you have to ask yourself, why do I keep adding things to my schedule? (laughs) Do I really love it? Or do I just feel bad saying no to people? Do I really need the money? Or am I trying to prove my worth through my busyness? (sighs) Her point was made. In love, of course. (laughs) So, to answer her questions, yes, I do really love what I do. But it's also important to note that I love time with my family even more. To her second point, yes, I do feel terrible saying no to people. But of course, we all know that's not a good reason to add another class. So, do I really need the money? I mean, not really. I mean, it would be great. (laughs) Crunching numbers on adding another four-student group class for an extra hour's work? I mean, that is really tempting. But to throw back to an episode a few weeks ago, I think my time that evening this year 
is worth more than the income I would make from that class. So finally, that last question, you know, am I just trying to prove my worth through my busyness? Yikes, (laughs) bullseye. (laughs) So this is a personal issue for me and something that is better left for me and my therapist rather than you and I here in this space. (laughs) But I also know enough musicians who struggle with this very same idea of proving our worth through our busyness that I thought it was worth raising these questions here on the podcast. I think most musicians understand the whole fear of like feast or famine, right? It's how many of us grew up in our careers. Make the money while you can because you never know when the source is going to dry up, right? (laughs) Well, the truth is many of us who live that way are not in a time of famine. (laughs) We are not starving or strapped to make ends meet. We are indeed a wee bit addicted to the hustle, the busyness, to the ways our students love us and feed our sense of self-worth. Oh yeah, I just went there. (laughs) So maybe I'm just sitting here revealing way too much about myself, but as you approach your fall schedules this term, I do want you to ask yourself, These four questions that Amy Elmore asked me. Why are you taking the things on that you're looking at taking on? Is it because you enjoy them? Are you just avoiding saying no to someone? Do you really need the money? Or are you trying to prove something by driving yourself to the brink of insanity? (laughs) That is some good food for thought, my friends. So... While you're sitting there with those very excellent questions, I am going to raise my glass and give a toast to you. Music teacher, friends of the world, (laughs) I need you to extend extra kindness to yourself this time of year. The decisions we make this month can set us up for a year of great success or one of great struggle. Remind yourself that scheduling is a priority for all of us, including your studio families. We all roll our eyes at the families who say they can only come for lessons on Tuesday at 4.30. (laughs) I mean, who doesn't want lessons on Tuesdays at 4.30, right? (laughs) But instead of getting frustrated with them, Try understanding that they are just advocating for the best use of their time. And know, to some extent, we should all be doing the same thing. By the same token, you know those beloved studio families who give you lots of available times and show lots of flexibility? Take a second and make sure you let them know how much you appreciate that how much you love their willingness to cooperate in a difficult situation. My pal Melissa Slocum over at the podcast Sounds of Encouragement, she often reminds teachers to make sure we are calling out the behavior that we want to see. Praise it. 
because this helps you shift your attention, if even temporarily, to the families who are making your life easier instead of obsessing over the tricky ones. As this wild season of fall scheduling descends on us, I hope you can feel me cheering you on from here. (laughs) Cheers to you, my very resourceful music teacher friends. Here, here. There it is. That's episode number 90. Thank you for joining me today. Don't forget to come find me on Instagram and Facebook. And as you are setting your new studio budgets for the coming year, I do hope you'll consider joining the Patreon community for the Beyond Measure podcast. You can opt in for either $3 or $6 a month, and doing so just helps keep this podcast rolling out each week. I appreciate it so very much. All right, onward and upward to new and improved schedules, right? (laughs) Thank you so much, friends. We will meet up again soon. Take care.